You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Alright, welcome everybody back to another edition of Cheergating. We are heading into week five of college football, and I am here with co-founder of Belly Up Sports at bellyupsports.com and a regular contributor as well, Brandon Sharples. Say what up. What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm co-founder of Belly Up Sports. Uh, I do a lot of the gambling picks, football articles, uh, basically any pieces that are going to be in extreme length. <laughs> I write the longest articles, so... Yeah, just check me out, Brandon. Uh, I'm at I'm on Twitter, but I really don't use my Twitter as much as I should. So I will start growing my Twitter pretty much from this point forward. So uh, it'd be like at Brandon Sharples uh, at Twitter. Well, as Twitter. the guy that's in charge of SEO for the website, I love the longer content. So thank you for that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm thinking this week we kind of talked about it a little bit. We're gonna talk about uh, my my continual lists that I'm making for biggest losers in college football each week. We're going to talk about some Heisman hopefuls, and then I think you're going to wrap it up with some betting picks since I'm fucking terrible at that. <laughs> so let's dive into it. Do you want to talk about biggest losers from uh, this last weekend? Yeah, I want to hear your list, and then we'll, I'll, I'll add to that. Okay, i got to think about it because I don't have it up in front of me. Um, let's see, I think number one, I had Boston College. What do you think? Yeah, because they actually they had a nice win over Wake Forest. I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but uh, well, Wake Forest is looking pretty good. Yeah, they're not game. a bad team. Not a bad team, and, and Boston College was looking really good. Their quarterback was playing excellent. They got that uh, Dylan at running back, uh, and then they kind of shit the bed. They yeah. shit the bed real bad. Yeah, I mean, look, me and you both know that the Big Ten is way overrated this year. I know you oh, loved yeah. the article I wrote. You're going to write something similar um yeah so losing to purdue 
was like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. They lost handedly too. Right, and, and Purdue is just bad. They're a really, really bad team. And here's the deal with Boston College is I think we actually might have jumped on that train a little too early. When you look at their wins, it's, you know, other than Wake Forest, which is like a maybe, you know, decent win, they didn't really have anything that stood out to be like, oh, wow, this is a ranked team. This is a competitor. And, you know, I'm sitting on my high horse saying it now, but last week in the podcast, I said they look like a good team that could compete in the ACC and they should be ranked. And now I feel like a fucking idiot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, you never know with college football, you know what I mean? Like, it, from week to week when you have the – you're going to get what you get from Bama and Clemson and all that stuff. Those are the guys you can count on, but it's those lower-ranked teams that are sneaking in and out of the top 25 that you really don't know what you're going to get from them, you know what I mean? Like uh, like Boston College or Arizona State or any of those – like Michigan State, you don't really don't know what the hell you're going to get from those guys, and that, it makes it hard to bet on them too. Well, so I like you know. Yeah. I know. I know. Coming from a betting side like you, that really sucks. Um, coming from just an angry side, which is what I am, I love when Arizona State and Michigan State fail because I, I think they both suck dick. It's the Boston <laughs> colleges that piss me off because I'm like, I vouched for you, motherfucker, and I never do that. <laughs> I hate everybody. So I looked like a fucking idiot on that one. That was my number one. My number two was Virginia Tech. Uh, I, I I don't know if you can argue that one, but I'd love to hear it if you can. Oh, of course not. I can't argue with that one. That was one of the biggest upsets in the last decade, for sure. I know that there's other like bigger spread upsets, like Howard over UNLV it was like a 50 point spread. Right. I think that was set the, the biggest, record. Yeah. But but who the hell watched that game and who even right. cared? Right. Like I, I was like, oh, that's crazy. But that's the like the gist of it. I didn't go 30 seconds further with it. And then like obviously Appalachian State over Michigan. Then you have like James Madison over Virginia Tech, like in 2010. Uh, you have a couple what, other what about, ones. Uh, what about Houston opening up our season beating OU? Come on, don't forget that one. There's that one. But you guys, weren't you guys ranked? Uh, I don't think we, we never get preseason ranked. That's like a I thing thought, of when you're I, in the G5. I, I thought you were like 23rd or something. I think I thought maybe, you were ranked for some reason. Maybe, I know like we obviously were ranked highly after that game, but um, I was out of that game. It was fucking unbelievable. There was I'll like never Troy. O- There's been like Troy over LSU. That one was kind of. Uh, I mean, LSU wasn't good. I think there was like Miss M- McNeese State. I think they beat like Arkansas. When That's Arkansas not much of was one like, anyway. Oh, okay. That, I was gonna say that, if that was recent, that, was, that doesn't count. No, no, that was like <laughs> back when Arkansas was like perennial, okay. like in and out of the top twenty-five. Yeah, uh, SEC upset team, which they're good yeah. at up until they hired Chad Morris. I've I wrote an article. Uh, when they first hired him, saying that that was a bad hire and he's not going to be good for the program. And I'm I'm actually happy that Arkansas is failing right now, just to prove my point, because I'm so spiteful. Well, well, you're from that area. Aren't you from that area where Southern Methodist is? Uh, they- well, I mean, uh, I hate SMU. They're up in Dallas. It's a rich, snobby school. I went to University of Houston, which is like in the hood, inner city. So we hate SMU. <laughs> And so I know it sounds like I'm just being like uh, spiteful because I don't like the school, but I really don't think Chad Morris was that very good of a head coach at SMU. I'm not going to get into that. Though that's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Virginia Tech losing to Buffalo. I mean, there's nothing to say there. Uh, the only reason that wasn't my number one pick instead of uh, BC. No, Old, Old Dominion. Oh s- shit! Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, Buffalo's good though too this year. 
we're going to talk. Yeah, they smash Rutgers. I was going to say, I'm actually going to talk about them in a second. That's why they were on my mind. But um, no, the reason I uh, I had Virginia Tech at number two instead of number one was just because I think Virginia Tech can bounce back from this loss. And I don't know how much BC is going to be able to bounce back from their, their loss. Yeah. Well, BC, I mean, they got they got some tough teams coming. They got Clemson coming exactly. up. But I, exactly. And they that's but that's towards the end. That's like their third. But they got right in a row. They got Virginia Tech. No, they got Miami, Virginia Tech, Clemson, yep. Florida State. Maybe Florida State kind of maybe they have a little bit of a They're gonna beat turnaround. Florida State. <laughs> yeah. well, unless you, unless they have a turnaround, you're right. Yeah, they could, you know at the end of the year maybe they get they get that offense down that I can't remember what the hell that offense is called that Taggart runs. It's got a specific name. But uh, and then they end with Syracuse, who's actually a really tough team this year, playing really good ball. Right. So I, I mean, they're actually, you could see Boston College losing like four or five games by the time the season's over. Yeah, I think in the article I wrote that I can only see them with like three or four more wins. Maybe is what I said. I, I'm not looking at their yeah. schedule now, but I think that's what I wrote. So yeah, that's why they're in my number one instead of number two, and then number three, TCU. Yeah, which sucks because I I actually hyped them. They were in my lock of the week last week against oh, Texas. Yikes! Yeah, I mean I did extremely well. Went seven and three, but they were my lock. Like they were supposed to be my guarantee. I, I was a three and zero on guarantees before that, mm. and they and they just shit the bed. Yep. They shit they shit the bed on me last year. Last year they played Texas, and uh, I think it did they beat Texas last year? Yeah, it's been four consecutive years in a row. Until this year. Yep. Yeah, this ended the streak for them. Um, yeah, last year I had a parlay. It was like a 10-game parlay. And the last game I needed was I needed Texas to cover 7.5 on TCU, and they lost, I think it was like 8 or 9, somewhere around there. Cost me 4.2K. Oh. I went I went 9 for 10, and, that, and I was actually at the University of Michigan. I went to the University of Michigan versus Minnesota game. I was sitting in the stands. Super foggy, rainy. And I'm getting rained on looking at my phone, and I'm, like, talking to my buddies, like, this shit is going down. Fucking TCU's down to 30, man. They're about to kick a field goal. Fumble. <laughs> like, yep. shit. Like, I end up going to the concession stand when the game went final. I'm just like, I don't even want to go back in the big house right now. I just want to go home. Damn, that sounds like, fun, cost- though. I haven't gone to any Big Ten games. I would love to uh, attend a Big Ten game someday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went. I spent most of my time, I've been in the big house a couple times, and I've been to Notre Dame, like, a lot. Damn, like that's cool. like a bunch. I've been to a lot yeah. of Big Twelve and SEC, but no Big Ten. Um, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, my my biggest loser, not my biggest loser, but one of my losers is Mississippi State. I know that Kentucky is actually kind of a legit what? team, but they yeah, got, come on, man. Hold on, hold on. Mississippi State had high hopes, like they were, like supposed, you know, they're they were looking like a dark horse to maybe compete in the SEC West preseason. And obviously we see where Bama's at now. Yeah. It's but uh, they returned a shit ton of talent, like a ton, like pretty much their best team they've returned in forever. Even better than Dak's team when they came back. And You gotta, uh, you have to give them a little leeway though with the new head coach. You gotta do that with any program. Cause sure. regardless of how many talent, how much talent you're returning, a new head coach, you know, brings on a whole new program. So you got to give them a little bit of space. So I, I, I mean, I don't count them in. I mean, that's I. It's understandable that you do. I don't count them in though because number one, Kentucky's a good team this year, better than I think anybody expected. And number two, I think they're still going to compete and have a good season. 
Well, no, that's the thing. I think this is why I gave them their loser because they're playing Florida next. And I know Florida's down. I'm a huge Florida fan, but they have Mullen, who was their old coach. He knows right. that team inside and out. Florida's starting to come into their own a little bit with the, with the Mullen system. They're actually getting healthier. They got a bunch of defensive linemen, uh, depth back. Uh, Franks is playing okay, and their wide receivers are actually starting to play lights out. So that's the trap game for, for Mississippi State because the following week they play Auburn. The following week after that they play LSU. The following week after that they play Texas A&M. So potentially, yeah. <laughs> potentially Mississippi State can lose five in a row. Yeah, and they could be they could be three and five at the end of that. At, at the very, I think the best case scenario they're four and four, it like from my, and then two weeks after that they play Bama. Dude, just think though, that's how good the SEC is because I think yeah. Mississippi State is a really good team. But I agree. I mean, with that lineup, I think they'll probably beat Florida. But you're right, it probably. is kind of a trap game. So I, I'm not going to totally give that to them. And then yeah, LSU, Auburn, A and M. I mean, they would have to upset one of those teams. So yeah, and and then and then two weeks later at Bama. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. At least they get and, Arkansas and, and Ole Miss. And, that's yeah, but Ole Miss is like one of those teams too. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's true. Rival. It's a rivalry game. You can't just and, and they're always playing close. And that goes yeah. back to what I was going to say about Texas. I I never bet on or against Texas. I have a few times, but they always play to their competition. It's just what they do. So. I don't know. It's hard to bet on them, especially in like a OU game. You know, they could be a dog shit team with like four wins and still somehow beat like a number four Oklahoma. So I, I just, you know, living in Austin, I can't stand when UT is good. Yeah. So, I think another huge, huge loss was uh, Oklahoma State getting okay. smoked by Texas that, Tech. That was my number four, but I put the entire state of Oklahoma. Not just Oklahoma State, because, okay, number one, Oklahoma State getting just whooped by Tech. First of all, I want to mention, I feel so much better about the Houston loss. (laughs) So much better, because I'm like, okay, I'm not fucking crazy. Tech now with their new freshman quarterback, was it Alan Bowman, I think his name is? Yeah. Um, He clearly is actually that good. I'm not fucking crazy. Granted, our deep. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about, and it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.
defense was bad in that game, but at least we scored a shit ton more than Oklahoma State. So I feel a little bit better about that. And I think that's also a sign that Tech is actually a good team this year. And they play West Virginia this week. So I think you're going to be wanting to take the over on that game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think West Virginia uh, will win, but I don't know, man. Tech is looking really good. Uh, I know we'll talk about uh, Will Greer a little bit later, but that'll be a really good game this weekend. Yeah, and I, actually, that the spread for the Army-Oklahoma uh, game was too big. I actually wish that I put that on my betting list because I actually bet it in real life. I took Army plus 31. They just run the ball a lot. Yeah. They're going to play ball control, so I didn't expect them to go to overtime. I actually didn't expect it to be a great game. I just thought they would keep it within four touchdowns. You know what I mean? Right. And they did. They obviously went to overtime. So <laughs> Yeah, they did I more than that. Once I wrote the article, once I posted obviously I'm not going to go change my shit. But I, at the same time, I was like, man, I should have took Army. Because I took Army against Hawaii. I took them at minus six and a half when everybody thought that, that Hawaii would win that game straight up because Hawaii was on that little run. Right. Playing really well. But, I, uh, but yeah, I uh, – I definitely I like Army this year. I, I like them. They seem to be covering every game. Dude, the so Army I, Navy game this year is going to be great. Yeah, that's going to be so, a good one. Um, Oregon should be a loser because they had that game in tow. That game was over, and then they end up losing. Yeah, I'm not a big Stanford fan. I actually think Stanford's the most overrated team in the country. I, really? I do. Just be, from the point that they're at number seven. I know they're oh, ranked like right there. now, not just like yeah. of all time. Okay. Oh, no, no. The country, just like right now because they're at seven. Yeah, okay, seven. yeah. Like, I, I probably like, agree with you on that one. Because I, I think, all right, so Notre Dame put in Ian Book. He's actually, uh, he's a pretty good passer. He he lit he lit Wake Forest up. Actually, he ran well, too. I, they just seem to have a spark with him, and, and I think they they turned a corner offensively with that new Q, with a new QB that they're familiar with. Wimbush just couldn't couldn't move the ball down the field. He's just a running quarterback, and that's really not Notre Dame style. So I think that Notre Dame improved enough just in that one week with with Book at, uh, under center that they're gonna. I think they're gonna drill Stanford. Yeah, I I think you're right too. I actually was looking at Notre Dame's schedule look last week, looking for a loss. I was I'm really still hoping that Virginia Tech takes them down, just because I I, I don't know. I just I don't ever want Notre Dame to do so well. So I I mean I grew up like a, a like a Notre Dame fan with my family and stuff. So and I've been to a lot of games. So I want them to do good. I, I you know I don't really see a loss on that schedule anymore. That's what's worrying. That's what's worrisome. It, at the beginning of the year, they uh, that schedule looked crazy. Yeah, and uh, it, obviously things tamed down a bit, and that sends to happen. Notre Dame had that happen a couple, like probably like I don't know. I'm just like guessing, maybe like six or seven years ago, they preseason and after like week two, like it had to have been like eight of ten teams were ranked at one point on their schedule, and then you know it cleared itself up down the road, but. At one point, it looked like they had like an all-time schedule. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame does know how to schedule. Obviously, oh, they, they're independent. Their awesome. So, right, it, it's great for them. I mean, that's honestly, when the Big 12 inevitably falls apart, which it will, Texas honestly should probably just go independent and follow suit with Notre Dame since they already have the Longhorn Network. Um, well, there what, used to be a lot more independent teams than people realize. Yeah, yeah. Like, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh used to be independent. Penn State used to be independent. Like when Pittsburgh won their national title, I believe it was 1976-ish, 
I think it was 1976. They won right. a national title as an independent. Right. Penn State's national championships are all independent. So yeah. people always think that Big Ten has, has old old titles from Penn State. They don't. Penn State was independent in like 85 and 83 when they won those. That was that was uh, not Big Ten Penn State. That was independent Big, uh, Penn State playing a wide range of schedules that were not Big Ten related and and uh, I don't think people really realize how many teams used to be independent. There's more than what I'm just saying, but those are like the big ones that have won national titles as, as independents. You know, at one point in the 70s and 80s, you know, you had Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Penn State all winning national championships without a conference. Yeah, conferences have always been a much more Southern thing, I believe, because pretty much every Southern school has always uh, been in some kind of conference. But... Yeah, you're right. I mean, you can definitely – Notre Dame proves that they can thrive in independence, and I just think a school like University of Texas would thrive as well. But, I mean, that's besides the point. Um, number five, though, my last one for biggest upsets – or biggest losers, sorry, of last week was Rutgers. And I mentioned in the in the article that I wanted to include Nebraska – just because, I mean, they haven't gone 0-3 to start a season since 1946, I believe. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Either way, they're doing so, so bad, and it's so sad. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt with the new coach who's having to rebuild the program. Rutgers does not have that, and Rutgers shouldn't even be a P5 team. So anytime they're not good, I'm including them in my list. They're so bad. They're so they bad. really are. They're so bad. I mean, they lost to Kansas by a lot. Like 40. And to give uh, credit where credit is due, Buffalo is actually a good team this year, and I think they're going to win the MAC. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that you should get whooped by them. You're a Big Ten team. That is ridiculous. How are how are they even in the Big Ten? I have, well, and even if you even look like. Their basketball team was kind of solid this past couple years, but not good enough to be like a good tournament team or anything like that. But other right. than that, they don't produce in any sport whatsoever. They're starting to come up a little bit in college wrestling. But other than that, I don't think they're good at any sports. I mean, I know why the Big Ten picked them up. It was just to try to get into the New York market because that's the closest big school to New York City. But yeah. I just don't I, like when when they did it. Obviously, they were in the American Conference, and that's that was the only year that they were in it when we first started it. And then they said that they were going to be leaving to the Big Ten, and even then, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah. I get I get that Louisville's leaving to the ACC. You know, that makes perfect sense. Good for them. But Rutgers, I even I remember back then just being like, "What the hell are they thinking?" There's so many better teams in this conference that that could get pulled up. The Big Ten fucked up because they added they added some good people like Nebraska and stuff. But right. there are some other teams. They could have got Missouri instead of Missouri on the SEC. I feel like they could have chased Missouri. And yeah. there's some other guys they could have got. They could have took took a pit stuff like that because when the when the Big East kind of fell up, fell off. Well, they I always got some guys out of there. I always mention this too, and I, I mostly mention it as a reference towards the Big Twelve during the expansion or for them reduction. Louisville was late to get picked up by anybody. You know, they yeah. they went to the ACC but not until Rutgers went to the Big 10, which was at the end of the expansion expansion era. They were the last two teams to go anywhere. 
So when they beat when they beat the when they beat Florida in that BCS bowl game back in like oh like 2013ish 12 maybe when Teddy Bridgewater was a senior right they were they were in the a, a, the AAC right they they weren't even an ACC team at that time right they, exactly. that was like their last one of their last years yeah they tore that shitty conference up so they weren't they got in as like a non power five hey they didn't tear us up fuck you um. <laughs> hey, did to they be, beat your guys' ass? No, t- I'm pretty sure uh, they didn't even win the conference that year. Like, I'm I'm fairly confident. Um, oh, who they was had it? to. Uh, I think they only had one loss. I think they might have lost to Houston. No, I think it. Well, they they did. We beat them. Um, we we beat them two years in a row. I think it was UCF actually with Bortles that won the conference that year. No, that that UCF team actually played in a BCS game. With Bortles. I'm pretty sure it was Bortles UCF that beat Louisville in, what was that, 2014? No, it was like 2012. No, the AAC wasn't uh, around until 2014. Mm-hmm. No, because it was the conference. No, it used to be the Big East. Right. It was still the Big East. So it was the Big East. Okay. Oh, so, so you're I, thinking I think, like years yeah. before that in the Big East. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have been, I'm, I got a little confused. Let's take a look at this. I'm actually going to look it up because now I'm, I'm a little... Uh, God damn it. Now you're going to make me have to edit this fucking podcast. Oh, we don't have to edit nothing. <laughs> just yeah, bad Louisville, Just bad radio. Don't worry about it. No, this happens all the time. This is candid radio. Let's see who, who they lost to. They uh, they got beat by Syracuse. Oh, so, and... so, you're, so this is uh, Big East then, right? Yeah, they that was before Syracuse uh went in. I I think I'm thinking of the 2013 season. That was their first year in the AAC. That was all of our first years in the AAC. And Blake yeah. Bortles won the conference and beat Louisville. And that was uh when Lamar Jackson was still there. Yeah. That was like his freshman year. Yeah. Okay. So that's what um, I was thinking. Yeah, they lost to Syracuse and Connecticut in back-to-back games and then they but they still won the Big East. And they played Florida. Okay. And uh, they beat Florida. Either way. In the, in the Sugar yeah. Back to the main point. My point was, yeah, the Big Ten, anybody should have picked up Louisville, but everybody waited too long. The ACC got them. Huge pickup for the ACC. You know, obviously Louisville is what they are now. And, you know, you can say in hindsight, yada, yada, yada. But at the time, the Big 12 should have got them. The Big Ten should have got them. Somebody. Well, I, I'm still not like against a big or uh, louisville being a solid addition i mean just because they're having a down year this year it doesn't mean that they can't come back they still got petrino and i mean they're still in a in a pretty decent area to recruit and they've been good at every sport baseball basketball basketball they're good at uh baseball i mean they're good at a lot of stuff so they're 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 a huge asset it would have been great for the big 12 since they picked up west virginia to have another old school big east rivalry that's close to the school Without a huge fucking gap to Oklahoma, and that's that's another team that Big Ten should have targeted was the West Virginia instead of fucking Rutgers or Dude, Maryland. Yeah, can you imagine? It might have been academics though, to be fair. But West Virginia definitely could have uh, been in the Big Ten. They're definitely close enough. They're a lot closer than they are to the Big Twelve. All right. Either way, is there any other biggest losers that you would include? One more, maybe. I mean, not one more. Uh, probably, I don't know. Do you have one in mind? 
I don't because Nebraska was the one that uh, I sat out. So, no, I mean, I think that's it. Week four was pretty bad, in my opinion, in college football. It was pretty uneventful. I know there's a couple pretty good games, but... I'll say Tennessee. Okay. I'm going I'm to cut you out there and say Tennessee. Now, Florida put up 47. It was 47-21. Florida's offense really didn't even produce that well. It was just that Tennessee committed six turnovers. They went 0-8 in the SEC last year. They're probably going to do it again this year. They're like, they're on a downfall like no other. Like, a lot of these blue bloods that are like, you know, past champions, just Nebraska and Tennessee. and. Well, I mean, I, I said this uh, last year. I don't think Tennessee is ever going to come back. I, I really don't. I know that sounds drastic, but I'll tell you this. Recruiting in Knoxville. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com is difficult they i know they're in the sec but they get out recruited by everybody because nobody wants to go to knoxville it's not the same program it once was and i see i mean i'm being biased here obviously but you know some g5 schools like houston or ucf that are in great recruiting territories that can can now convince these kids hey you don't have to go to tennessee you can play here at home i think some g5 schools in good recruiting territories are going to expand while schools like Tennessee and Nebraska just completely fall off. They'll always be a big historic program, but they're never going to get back to once, what well, they once think, were. Think about what Butch was able to do. Like Butch Jones was just a horrible coach, but he recruited so well. I mean, they were a top five recruiting class. Like He was there how many years? Three to five? No, he's probably there four times, four or five years, right? He's there like four or five years. Uh, was it? I say four. I can remember four seasons. I, I know. I, I know we had a top five recruiting class twice, and wow. I know that. And I know that they had a bunch of five stars on that team, and uh, he just couldn't do shit with them. So well, maybe I'll be biting my tongue in ten years, but I just I, I'm sticking with this until I'm proven wrong. I don't think Nebraska or Tennessee will ever be back to what they were. I don't think they'll ever win a national championship again. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's my hot take. Um, okay. All right. That was the biggest losers from last week. And this is a great time to pause for our sponsor. So we will be right back after a word from our sponsor. In America today, we're dealing with a serious issue concussions. Did you know every year there's an estimated 1.6 to 3.8 million sports-related concussions? With such a serious epidemic happening in America every year, we need someone here to help fight. 
fight for the people that have been wronged. And that's why I'm here, Jimmy Nelson. The Louisiana Lead Pipe. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of concussions. And that's why I'm here to lay down the lead. If you've experienced a concussion, I'll sue somebody. Hell, anybody. I'm so sick with concussions, I can't even remember the last time I lost a case. If you've played football at any point in your life, there's a chance you don't even remember getting a concussion. I'll sue somebody for that as well. The NFL's been paying out big bucks to anybody that's gotten a concussion. And I think it's time the NCAA paid up. Division 1, Division 2, Division 3, I'll sue anybody. Hell, if there's a Division 4, I'll find them and I'll sue them. Don't let a concussion you got playing college football get in the way of you making millions of dollars. If you're in college right now, try out for the team. You don't even have to make the team. I'll sue them during the tryouts. If you think you might have gotten a concussion playing college football, it's time to lay down the lid. Louisiana style. Call the Jimmy Nelson office today in Lafayette. 555-FUCK-YOU-PAY-ME. All right, hey. and we're back after that quick break. What's up? What are you drinking right now? Your mom's titties. <laughs> Tell the people how savage you got because you don't know how to go buy beer. Uh, well, I didn't buy beer so we could record this podcast, and uh, I, w- I wouldn't make you wait because I'm a good friend. That's why I didn't buy beer. So uh, yeah. don't, don't worry about what I'm drinking. <laughs> Tell the audience what happened. Did you did you did you uh, ice yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I need something to drink. All right, I didn't have anything except some old, like three week old red wine that's been opened. I don't trust that shit. Uh, so yeah, I'm icing myself. Don't worry about it. It's uh, it's gonna help the podcast. I promise. Yeah, that's not like a manly ice house either. This is like a Smirnoff ice. Yeah. I just thought the audience should know what you're dealing with here. Yeah, you know, but, I'm just fucking being a man, talking college football, hanging out with my palm chi dog, and drinking Smirnoff Ice. What's up? <laughs> All right, Heisman hopefuls. And my and my name's Rattlesnake. Let's just, uh, I want to reiterate yeah. that. Drinking Rattlesnake, drinking Smirnoff hey, Ice. Hey, Ice has got a bite. Get it? It looks like, it looks like <laughs> snake venom. <laughs> All right, what do you got for Heisman hopefuls, asshole? Uh, these guys definitely wouldn't be drinking Smirnoff Ice. But well, I don't I got, know. I could make an argument for a couple. Go on. I got, yeah, it's true. Um, I got Tua at number one. Um, the guy's got no interception, 12 picks, no interceptions, no turnovers, period. Hasn't played the fourth quarter yet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he leads the nation in, like, QBR and turnovers in the, for quarters three through – one through three, and then in the fourth, he's the last in QBR because it's zero because he doesn't play. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he he's he's ridiculous. He's he's the best player on the best team. He's the best co- quarterback in the best conference, and um, I think that if he just continues doing this, that he's gonna win. Now I was watching, or I was listening, yeah, I was watching a Joe Clatt uh, podcast earlier with him and Matt Liner. And he's talking about he has two and number one right now, but he thinks that um, he's not going to win it down the road and that it will be um, Haskins from Ohio State. His reasoning was not because Haskins is better than Tua. He thinks that Haskins will have a better opportunity to showcase his skills in bigger games. 
and that he doesn't know if Tua will be able to showcase his games because there would be too many blowouts with the schedule and everything. But I'm thinking to myself that that doesn't really make any sense because Tua still has to play Auburn, LSU, and Georgia in the SEC title game. Those are three games right there that he can showcase his talents more than he's already have already. Yeah, and what I think does Ohio that, State have? Exact. Penn State and Michigan and Michigan State. Like, nobody that's – none of those teams are powerhouses this year. Penn State's a fourth-quarter team, and Ohio State's going to pounce on them early. And I, it, Ohio State's not a team that they're going to be able to score 35 in a fourth quarter. You know what I mean? So Well, I, I mean, I can tell you that none of those teams are better than – Georgia, Auburn, or LSU. Yeah. Exactly. So Joe Klatt's made no sense there. And and you know what? Another thing is that win against Texas A&M is going to look a lot better at the end of the year because yeah. I think Texas A&M is a good team. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. They have a good defense too. So it just shows how good he is. I think the only argument you could make off that, like feeding off that, would be that Alabama's just a much better team. So they might look at it like, yeah, he's a great quarterback, but how good is he because his team is that much better? You know, that's the only yeah. argument I could see, but I agree. I don't see anybody else beating him. It's kind of unfair no. at this point. Yeah, I really don't see it. He's going to he's gonna split le- less and less time. He already is splitting less and less time with uh, with uh, Hertz. Like, he, Hertz is only going in in garbage time now, where right. he was coming in in packages earlier. Um, Will Greer is another guy, obviously. So Will Greer and two are 1-2 in the uh, in the rating two was number one at 230 and a half right and, and Greer's number two at 215.8 i think um and then haskins is third but greer still has a couple of big games ahead of him too you know greer's playing oklahoma oklahoma state uh tcu I mean, he's got some games to prove himself too well i think the, a good argument for will greer is that he his team is not as good as alabama right so when they yeah. win, I think a lot of it's looked at more like, wow, Will Greer's doing really good this year. When uh, Tua wins, it's like, wow, Alabama's really good this year. And that's not yeah. trying to take away from West Virginia. It's just the truth. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. And uh, like another – I mean, somebody that you got to – like a dark horse that you got to look at is Trevor Lawrence, the yeah. quarterback that was yeah. just named – for Clemson because you know he's he's already at a, a top eight in, in the QB rating and he had to split a lot of time and now that he's taken over full time Clemson's schedule is kind of weak I think he's gonna end up tearing that shit up and at the end of the year his stat line is gonna be incredible he's gonna be in a playoff team um I think that he's gonna be a dark horse for sure to win that to, to win the Heisman I'm not saying he's going to but I think he could get invited at least they may invite more than three this year because the the quarterback position is so deep. You may see four or five people uh, invited to New York this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just insane. A true freshman like that to be that good. And he really is that good. And I agree. I, I don't know if he'll necessarily win it, but that's just like prolonging when he does. You know what yeah. I mean? He, he's going to win it. He's so good. Um, Kyler Murray, what do you think of him on the list? I like Kyler. I like Kyler Murray. He runs well. He's got a high completion percentage. He's, you know, he's your typical. Uh, he's your typical, you know, Oklahoma QB. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, and it just proves that like ba- uh, like OU's success wasn't completely Baker. Like Kyler Murray is also really fucking good. It's wild that yeah. they can get that good of a quarterback right after Baker leaves. 
Yeah, and Texas A&M had him, and now they got Mond, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, we can chalk that up to uh, Sumlin, though. <laughs> Who are you thinking, Baker? Or no, you're thinking of uh, uh, fucking Ky- Kyler Murray. Kevin Sumlin? Yeah, yeah, uh, losing Sumlin, losing Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta think of like, there's a bunch of dark horses out there too. Like Hawaii's quarterback Cole McDonald's pretty good. He's got like 20 touchdown passes to one pick. I mean, he and he's tossed, slinging the ball all over the place. But he also has a shit ton more of attempts than everybody else. I think if we're talking dark horses. I don't know. Like, okay, he has no chance, so I don't even know if I should bring up Dark Horses. But, I mean, I do see that Alan Bowman has been mentioned, at least, with, like, one vote. And I know it's probably just because my team got our asses kicked by him. But he really is looking like a good quarterback, and he's a freshman. Yeah. I don't really know how they do QB ratings and why he's so low. He's ranked, like, in the 20s, like, late 20s. But he's got a high completion percentage. He throw he's he's like one of the top five in yards. Um, he's ten and two in touchdown uh, interception ratio, and uh, his I don't know why his rating's so low. It does, and, I'm not really sure. I mean, he he didn't play the Ole Miss game, did he? Uh, I I don't know. I don't think he did. Or am I crazy? I could have swore he didn't come in until week two when they played like South Alabama or whoever the fuck they played that bullshit team week two. I think it was South Alabama. Um, I think that's when he came in and proved that he was actually pretty good, especially as a freshman. And then you know whooped our ass. Speaking of Houston, though, Ed Oliver is still on the list. He, I mean, he 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 did play against Ole Miss. He, he did could, play, but not a majority of the game. I could have swore. No, he he threw he threw forty nine passes. <laughs> dude i maybe i'm tripping i don't know i do not remember it was it was it game. was it was his worst game like Clearly. so like his yeah he he was 29 for 49 273 he only completed 59 percent of his passes he didn't wow. throw a pick though but he but every other game he's thrown like you know 88 percent 73 percent 76 percent so i mean, I mean maybe that's why i don't remember him <laughs> he didn't come alive he, until week two he, he didn't come alive, yeah. And then that Houston game, he threw for like 600 yards. Dude, listen, we won't talk about it. Um, yeah. Ed Oliver's still on the list. That's nice. I mean, he stands absolutely no chance, but I think it's nice that they just include him to be like, hey, yeah, he's good. He's a good player. Here he is. You're looking at ESPN list? or? Yeah, I think so, ESPN. I, 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 they, they're picking Ed Oliver out of name recognition and, and like possibilities. You know, like he hasn't really made that big of an impact this year. I watched him. Uh, play Texas Tech. Well, yeah, Tex- Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, he didn't. He didn't make that big of an effort. Uh, not. It looked like he didn't make that big of an impact, is what I meant to say. I will say though about this, because obviously I, I watch all of our games. Um, before this, not many people. I mean, he was a five-star recruit, so I guess people kind of knew about him, but they didn't know about him that much. So he was able to do a lot more. Now that his name's everywhere, no matter who we're playing, they're double or even triple teaming him. So it's really like kind of sucks for him uh, because he's not able to do everything that he was last year or the the year before that. Well, you, you the problem is if you're double teaming a defensive tackle, then there should be gaps for your linebackers and other defensive tackles. To I get mean, through. our our defensive line does do a pretty good job of putting pressure on the QBs, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I know Tech wasn't good, but. He, he did do a, 
uh, Alan Bowman did a good job of getting rid of the ball because we did put a lot of pressure on him, and obviously the Arizona game, we just tore their asses up. But, yeah, I mean, Ed Oliver's a great player. I think it's just nice that they still recognize his name as a Houston fan. He stands no chance, but uh, it's cool. He'll be a high draft pick. I think that I think that Trevor Lawrence is the best. If you're going to go dark horse, I think Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is probably the best to go with because he actually has a chance to win it if things somehow fall his way. Right. But there's other guys that like preseason. I thought maybe would make the list high higher up on the list like Khalil uh, Tate, Mackenzie, Camille, uh, Khalil Tate, and whatever. Yeah, but, but you uh, got to admit preseason. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, he should be pretty well, good this year. I went to Arizona and like I, I I cheer for them and oh, everything, okay. but um, Mackenzie Milton was one of them, and he actually yeah. started off real hot yep. for the yep. first two weeks, and then uh, Brett Ripien, the the quarterback from Boise State, mm-hmm. right? He's a, he's another guy I was looking at preseason, and who was another guy I was looking at? Preseason. I mean, Milton had a pretty fair argument going that into a Mon, preseason. That Mon, that Montez, Montez from uh, Colorado. He's another guy. He's another guy I had written down as somebody to watch for the year. But and yeah, he's still I mean, doing pretty good. I, I think you're right. I think the only real dark horse is Trevor Lawrence because yeah. preseason nobody talked about him. Obviously, we all knew about him because he was the number one, you know, recruit, and he's been hyped up. But we definitely weren't like, oh, a Heisman hopeful. True freshman yeah. who we don't even we're not even sure if he's going to be playing this year. So that's the exactly. ultimate dark horse. And, um, and that's and, and that and that takes it would take it would take some shit to happen for him to even win that. But like I said, there's so many good quarterbacks, and I think they would get they'd find some seats for a bunch of these guys. Because like as far as running back perspective, nobody's really standing out this year. Not even no. Bryce Love and Taylor's okay. He's pretty good for Wisconsin, but they. They're going to lose again. Right. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you can really put him in there. I don't know. There's a lot of quarterbacks that get love that I don't understand, like preseason. Um, Hornybrook from Wisconsin was getting like NFL draft love, and I didn't understand that. He's horrible. He's a <laughs> horrible quarterback, but he, they're like, they always hype these guys like Christian Hackenberg and Hornybrook and like, I don't know, like Jake Herbert from Oregon. Like, right. I think he's a decent player, and Oregon obviously does better with him on the field. There's no, absolutely no doubt about that. But where do you, where did he was like going in pre- preseason number one in some drafts well, and stuff? And well, I, I can like, tell I you, I can tell you why. I mean, he he's a Pac-12 quarterback. Yeah, with a big arm, and I get it. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, dude, there's no defense. Arm. There's no defense there, so they're. You know, they get really hyped up because they don't have to play any real defense. And, uh, you know, the quarterback always looks really good because they got a lot of passing yards in the Pac-12. And, I mean, yeah. it, it happens every year. There's always a couple of them, especially from the Pac-12. But, yeah, a- I mean, I, I think I think we nailed it on the head. There, there's really just one contender at this point, and he has to really fuck up to not win, in my opinion. Yeah. Just when you're the best quarterback in the country, the best player on the best team, <laughs> you're yeah. you're gonna win. You know what I mean? You're gonna right. win the damn award. And, right. and Haskins is actually for the first time. I I hate Ohio State so much. Nice, but I will too. I will give Haskins credit. He's played extremely well. One knock I will say before TCU kind of fell apart there. Ugh, yeah, they got they they got some pressure to him, and you saw 
what happens when you you get pressure on Haskins. He's not bad, but he kind of comes back to earth. You know, when you give when he's getting this time in the pocket, when they're you know mismatched at the line, he when he ever has time and he can sling the ball anywhere with the best of them in the country. But when TCU got pressure on him, he didn't look. He looked good. He didn't look great. You know what I mean? You know who looked good with pressure? Trevor Lawrence, A and M. Yeah. As a true freshman, just think about that. Yeah. That kid is so young. And A and M, great defense, putting pressure on him, still getting the ball where it needs to be. I mean, that kid just blows my mind. Yeah, I. I actually was really into the lead eleven the last couple of years, and I I watched all the episodes of the when uh when Trevor Lawrence was there, it was like him and uh and who else was in there the the dude that's at Dorian Thomas Robinson from UCLA was in there, and a uh, dude from that went to Georgia who was number one overall recruit I can't. 90, 99 out of a hundred times I tell you I had the snap of a finger, but I can't. Come up <laughs> of course. Now. When we're recording, uh, that's the that's the one time. Yeah, um, Justin, uh, Justin, uh, damn, Justin something far fairly. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> it's very important. Is this is this very important? It is very important. <laughs> you just need to prove to everybody that you know. Well, I obviously I don't know right now at the top of my damn head because I have to go <laughs> look, look at their roster. I'm I'm so mad right now. Justin Fields, I I haven't even got on the damn roster yet. I just popped it out of my head. Sure, sure. But no, I really did. I'm just so right the now. audience knows, I texted it to him. Yeah, I just want so that on the Ju- record. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence were the top two quarterbacks out of that class, and then you yeah. have like the Thomas Robinson from uh, uh, UCLA starting now too. He was in there uh, in Florida's in Florida had a quarterback that was in there. Uh, there's a couple other guys, but anyways, um, Matt Corrales, he's in there. He was committed to Florida and then ended up going down to, uh, to, to Ole Miss. And the whole point is during the whole, uh, the whole elite 11, just Trevor Lawrence just stuck out like a sore thumb to me, like compared to everybody, even Justin Fields, like Justin Fields adds a good athletic element. He's not even, Justin Fields is kind of a dual threat quarterback cause he can run really well, but he's a, he's a pass first run second quarterback but from just an overall touch throwing the ball where it needs to be like justin fields ran away with it and that when it came to that i think fields ended up winning the elite 11 but lawrence was the best quarterback that i saw through every episode and i mean he's clearly showing that he is still so yeah heisman helpful wrap up i mean he's a he's the only dark horse really and uh yeah i mean i don't think there's much argument there um, yeah. Okay, to finish up the episode though, real quick, you got to give me some uh, some good picks. I know I know they'll be on BellyUpSports.com, and everybody can go there to read whatever picks you have of the week. But for my podcast listeners, I want them to hear a couple picks. Sure, uh, I got Syracuse plus twenty five against Clemson. Okay. I think Syracuse Syracuse has a really good uh, offense, and I think they can keep up it within at least three touchdowns of the of. Uh, of Clemson. Clemson's had some pretty decent games this year. There's some pretty close games, and I think that it is at Clemson, so you know you mm-hmm. got to be a little right. wear, wary about it, but I think they can cover 25 okay. for sure. Okay, what uh, else you got? Te- I got, let's see, 
I'm going to look down here. I want to give you guys the best ones. <laughs> uh, I got a... Uh, let's see. Give me a second here. I'll give you three total. I had another really good one. I like Michigan minus 14 against Northwestern. Okay. And I like um, uh, one more. Okay, I like TCU minus 10.5 against Iowa State. Okay. All right. Um, do you have the spread pulled up for Texas Tech, West Virginia? Uh, let's see what that is. I'm taking the over on that game, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care what it is. That's uh, Yeah, they're going to be scoring a lot. Uh, West Virginia is a 3.5 favorite. Only 3.5? Yeah. Okay, Only never, never mind. I thought they were going to be a little bit higher than that. Never mind. And that was going to be like my over, sleeper. <laughs> the over seventy six and a half. So for the people out there, take the seventy six and a half. Yeah, take yeah. over. Yeah, I mean, um, I, um, but I, I, I'll, I'll have a lot more intricate ones. Actually, the three that I gave you, you may not even make my top ten. Okay. I just really got to look at it tonight, and I'll make sure I make the best picks. You know, I'm trying to keep my right, keep obviously. my picks, my picks intact here. You need those page but, uh, views. We'll uh, we'll send yeah. everybody that way. I will say this: uh, Indiana is a 17-point favorite over Rutgers, and I think they could definitely, definitely get that. So yeah, and and some, definitely. Yeah. Um, also, just throwing this out there: real fun G5 game to watch. Army Buffalo, Army at Buffalo. Uh, man, I was definitely going to tell you that. That's, I was definitely... That looks like a really fun game. It's a. And I'm actually – I would take Army – Army's getting seven and a half in that game. Getting seven and a half. I think you got to take Army plus seven and a half on that one. Dude, I'm, uh, I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah. I'm taking I'm Buffalo. Not gonna, I'm not going to call out that yet. I'm Wait for my picks, bellyupsports.com. I will right. post those picks. I'm excited. I'm going to look at some matchups in that game, see if I can see what's going on in the trenches because I, I, I like to dig deep on my picks. So uh, we'll see what's going on. We'll see what the weather looks like. Yeah. But I like that. I like Army right now. I'm looking. I'm leaning towards Army plus seven and a half. Okay. That looks good. All right. Well, like I said, everybody go to bellyupsports.com. Check out the rest of his picks. He clearly is doing well with them, and um, we definitely will have you on later this season. I'm going to have everybody yeah, that I had on previously back on later in the season. Yep. I'm 27 and 13 on the year. For my for my picks against the spread this year, so I'm doing extremely well. That's you know well above industry standard. So if you guys want to make some money, go check out my picks. Seriously, yeah. I mean, maybe I should put some money down this weekend. I think so. Well, I'm I'm broke though because I spend all my money on Smirnoff Ice, so I can't really afford yeah. anything else. <laughs> no, I like Mike's heart, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like to cut it with some Corona. All right. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. We will no uh, see you soon in a couple weeks. And good luck on your picks this week. Check out everything he's got at bellyupsports.com. All right. Thanks, bud. Peace. Mary 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.